TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Welcome to the huddle. News Talk 830 WCCO. Mike Max, Pete Nigerian. It all comes together. Sports of every... Uh, the Timberwolves, the Twins, the training camps, the everything, uh, all at once, Hall of Fame Sunday, uh, the 3M Classic. Tom Lehman will join us a bit later. So we got a lot to talk about in a short time. Twins taking on Detroit in Game 2. They won yesterday. Uh, impressive coming to the All-Star break. But, Ralph Toppy, I just heard that, that news report of uh, the mm-hmm. Fanatics and Nike coming together, which is business and sports right in your wheelhouse. I'm trying yeah. to figure out what that means. Does that mean that um, – that that uh, fanatics they've got the distribution for for the fan part of it. Nike's got the product. Mm-hmm. They put it together, and they've got all kinds of synergy. What what does that mean to the fan? Oh, I think you're exactly right. I think the synergies that come together there just make so much sense, Maxie. And a good move by Nike, who's actually been struggling more than people probably yeah. recognize. You know, from the outside at least. And uh, and I'm talking about the stock itself, the pricing, and, and what's going on. And it, it is a very competitive environment. You know, it, they're still at the top. But, Maxi, there are many, many competitors underneath them that are coming after them. And, you know, they've got to stay on their game. And they also, they've had some, some rough times because their biggest growth area in the world has been China. And that's been shut down and reopened and shut down and reopened and all the different things that have been going on from that perspective, and that has definitely been something that, that's hurt Nike pretty bad. But even so, if they're a machine. They continue to do well, but they just aren't the same dominant that they, they were looking to be because of the fact that the shutdown's in China, and that's their biggest growth area. So that's something that will that will settle itself, but it's just a matter of when. And, and, and you know better than anybody, you're on the news every single night, and, you, and you, you're sitting there with Frank and Amelia and and I can tell you that that is a very hot topic still, and whether it's in the sure. United States or specifically, you know, globally, we're we're we continue to hear about it every single day. For sure, and 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 will for the foreseeable future for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I, the training camp is coming on, and and, and the Twins uh, yesterday played without Byron Buxton, uh, he, he injection into his knee. Uh, I, I want to broach the topic of, of durability off the top because obviously it applies to football. Obviously, there you know, uh, Bud Grant would say you know the, the the greatest asset you can have is is durability. There's another saying that you know the greatest ability is availability. All those things, and, and yeah. obviously we know it's critical. And, and and in Buxton's case, we're not quite sure you know week to week what you're going to get out of him, but we know he, he can be good when he's there, and he had a big All Star week, all that stuff, hitting the home run. Uh, how how when you're building a team, 
um, uh, a football team in particular now with training camp, we think of that maybe more associated with injuries, but all sports. How much do you think they dig into uh, durability in a player and how much can they forecast it? And, 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 and where, where does that sit in, in, a, in a coach's room meeting where, where only they and the general manager are involved? It better sit really high, Maxie, because to your point, it, that that's one of the most critical elements. If you're not on the field, you're doing the team absolutely no good. And and there are some great athletes out there that unfortunately historically have injuries. And, and they just seem to always have something that's kind of nagging. But you see all the excellence that they've got when they are on the field. Problem is, they're just not on the field enough. And that's that's something that, you know, you have to go into it. Obviously, the NFL Combine, Maxie, they spend one full day going through the, the pulling and the pushing and the, the doctor visits and all that, going around to each and every one of those little areas where they've got maybe four or five teams represented in that in that spot. And it's, it is something that the NFL, I know, I, I can speak to that firsthand, is that is probably as critical as it gets. When you go to the combine, that's almost as important as your 40 time or, 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 or whatever, you know, that everybody else sees. What they don't see is all the – the pulling and pushing and prodding and everything else that goes on where they're trying to find out, is this guy going to be durable? How is that shoulder that he hurt last year? All, all those types of things I think have to be calculated in. And we all know it. We've seen it many, many times where we go, gosh, if that guy could just stay on the field. And I, you know, yeah. and I, and I kind of put Buxton in that category. I, I, I love the guy. I love the fact that he can just smash home runs and he's, and when he's on the field, gosh, he's, one of the best players probably in Major League Baseball. But the problem is, how often is he on the field? And, you know, especially in a sport like baseball, you got 162 games, and they've done a really good job, Maxie, I think, of just trying to figure out how, how many games can he play. Let's yep. take him out for a little while and, do, and doing that, that management side of things. But, you know, again, you're not on the field. and You're not on no, the field. No, it's, it's a little you concerning when you, you played. You know, he yeah. played one game this week, the All-Star game, and, and, and then he comes back from it and he's sitting. I mean, I, I, you, you want yeah. to be healthy, and they're managing him and all those things. It's just a little bit concerning when you've had that much time off. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, that that is one of the difficulties that you run into where you've got All-Star games in the middle of the season, which is most sports, quite yeah. honestly. But with the NFL, uh, that that doesn't come till the very end. and. You yeah, know, now they're going to have to do touch something football in the anyway for that game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's turned into a whole different deal. But, uh, but yeah, it, you know, and that's something that, you know, you almost wonder, did, did the Twins actually speak to Buxton and say, hey, man, maybe, maybe not go. Yeah, you were voted in. That's great. We already got the honor. But should you be playing? And, and, you know, I'll bet you there was a conversation about that because you're already doing a time management thing with him, you know, during the season. And then all of a sudden you go out and you play in the All-Star game. You know, that just kind of – I don't know if that sits so well, and, and it depends on how the Twins and, and Byron work that whole thing out, but obviously having to sit down is, is always unfortunate because he is electric on the field. Yeah, I, I was talking to Adam Thielen the other day, and uh, we were talk- he said he feels better than he's ever felt going into a training camp, and, mm-hmm. and he said you know, part of that is learning how – to prepare yourself for durability. And, you know, I, I mean, uh, obviously you can't avoid the freak accidents and you can't avoid, you know, if somebody grabs your ankle and you're still running, you're going to have a problem. You know, there, there are things mm-hmm. like that. But but there are ways, aren't there, as you become a veteran and go further into it, that, that you just mm-hmm. kind of learn what your body can take and what to stay away from and what not to? Yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. And, and a guy like Adam Thielen, you know, he, he focuses on that all the time. And the, the key to Adam Thielen, the key to a guy like Tom Brady at 44, 
they they know their body. They know exactly what they've got to do. You you the, you know you can't really always feel like you can you know go out and do and eat this and and drink that whatever it might be. Uh, it is so important, and those guys are so disciplined. I swear to you, it's 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 absolutely amazing, and that's why guys like Tom Brady have the career that he's got. And I think we see other quarterbacks. They hit about 31, 33, 34. They're really ready to retire. And you look at Tom Brady, he, he was still catching his stride and and being an absolutely amazing – he is well, the yeah. GOAT. We all know that. Yeah, but, and, but he, and, and, but he and, takes and, care of his body. He takes care of his body. He's he's disciplined. And that's something, I uh, you know, I, I heard Adam just the other day talking about exactly that. He said, you know, you take a little bit of a break, but you've got to get your body in shape for camp so that you're not getting in shape at camp. And that – that really is the key is is going into camp with your body is your body in shape for camp so that you're not getting in shape at camp and that yeah. that really is the key is is going into camp with your body as as close to perfection as you can get it and then as you as you accelerate through the the camp and all the you know the the hot days and everything else it's not like it once was maxi we we need to talk about that i mean <laughs> i think they only well, have uh what is it 16 full pad practices total uh yeah, it's camp, very regulated it's all it's all collective bargaining agreement driven right it's very yeah. specific mm-hmm. as to time on field you have to have x amount of time between practices and it's mm-hmm. um i mean you want to talk about a a, a difficult uh when, when the head coach sits sets down uh, and i'm sure it gets easier the second time around but you go okay here's training camp right here's what's going to look like mm-hmm. the things you have to factor in are um okay we're going to practice twice this day oh wait you got to have x amount of hours off in between when you're on the field because this has all been negotiating the collective bargaining agreement so even yep. if the players say hey we'd rather yeah get done earlier or come back earlier can't do it you know mm-hmm. i mean it's it's really tricky but you know the other person that stands out that way that in terms of durability is brett Favre, mm-hmm. and, and obviously yeah. he got hit and blindsided a lot and, and he came back from injuries that, you know, you didn't think he could come back from the next week, mm-hmm. all those things. Do you think that there's just uh, – it's hard to measure this with anybody, but but mm-hmm. um, uh, an absolute toughness factor from him or that he, he knew how to take hits? Or how do you even explain that freakish career? Yeah, that, it, well, you know, there is something to be said. You can have your body in great shape, but are you, you know, are you mentally tough? And, and I think that's where Brett Favre really did stand out. Uh, you and know, whether determined to get Southern back Miss- the next Sunday, right? And, and, and oh, I'm not yeah. making light of anybody, but I'm just saying there are some people that are determined to get back on Sunday. Oh, absolutely. He's one of them. You know, the Michael Jordans of the world. Uh, you know, you look around and you find some of the greatest players ever. There is something outside of, uh, of, of what you can actually train yourself for, and that's that, that inner toughness. And, the, and those guys have it. And you look at a guy like Brett Favre through his whole career, Maxie. I mean, the guy, I, I, remember, I just was watching a, a, one of those deals on, on the on a NFL channel just last yeah, night. Yeah, they kind of suck Favre. you in, don't they? <laughs> oh, boy. And, and you know, he, w- he was going into college, and, he, and, and they had to open up his abdomen. They had this, that. Yeah. And, and the guy accident, gets out there, yeah. and he's, Playing, he's playing football, you know, the next yeah. week. It's uh, it's pretty amazing, and not everybody has that inside their head. And that's that's just one of those things that if you've got it, boy, I'll tell you what, your coaches really do appreciate it because they love a guy who's willing to put himself out there. Not, not put himself in harm's way, but being able to play through what can be very painful uh, times. And you know what? Everybody's got them everybody's got yeah. that pain. It's what your tolerance is and, and what tolerance, you're able to do to yeah. mentally maybe block that out. 
Yeah, and that and that's not you know that's athletic, sure, but that that's the workplace that's everywhere. Some people some people are going to use all their sick days, and some aren't. You know, it's just the way they're built. Six five one four six one nine two two six six five one four six one nine two two six. If you want to hop on with us, the huddle, we'll talk Hall of Fame twins. Tom Lehman will join us. Uh, we'll go to Cooperstown for a live report and much more. Taking up to the twins and Detroit Tigers. Welcome back. The Huddle. Mike Max, Pete Nigerian, News Talk 830 WCCO. 651-461-9226. If you want to join us via text or phone call on any of the above that we've talked about and then some. Um, the uh, 3M tournament uh, going on out there. And uh, Tom Lehman will join us shortly. Cooperstown, Tony Oliva, Jim Cott. And I'm not sure, you know... Um, Canton and, uh, and and Cooperstown are, are different. The, the other leagues have Hall of Fames. The college sports have mm-hmm. Hall of Fames. Uh, but there's something just so unique about uh, the way they do it uh, for Cooperstown and the uh, and, and the National Football League Hall of Fame. Maybe part of it is, is is that you feel like you're a part of grassroots, you know, Canton, Ohio, mm-hmm. and where you know football it might not have originated, but it's close. And Cooperstown, mm-hmm. where it kind of all started out there in a small town, and there were places like that where Doubleday and all those people. Um, uh, gather and and uh, you know David Ortiz goes into the Hall of Fame today uh, along with Jim Cott and, and Tony Oliva of course and you know David Ortiz simply changed teams and, and then his career took off a lot of people say playing on that dome turf did him in uh, that, mm-hmm. that he just wasn't built for that and, he, and, and when he got the Fenway as just a designated hitter he was able to uh, thrive on that but Pete do you how many mm-hmm. times do you believe a change of scenery uh, changes someone's career. I, I, is it that simple for some or most people? They are what they are, and, and it doesn't matter where they play. You know, most people probably fall into that category, Maxie. But I, but I do think that there are plenty of athletes out there that there are certain atmospheres, whether or not that's within the locker room or actually even the field, because obviously baseball is is a little bit different in everywhere you go. And 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 I think that David Ortiz just. It suited his his style of baseball almost to perfection, right? And it gave him that that opportunity to be somewhere where he could take advantage of that. So I think there are times like that. It's a little bit different with yeah. football. Everything is structured identical, you know. But but the state and the stadiums and and probably the only people really yeah. that uh, that that pay attention to the the stadium itself, you know, just because the field is so is obviously identical, but are the kickers and the punters because they've got to know where's yeah, the wind coming yep, from, how yep. does it circulate through the stadium and all that kind of stuff that yeah. that's way beyond my pay grade. But those guys, all they, they all talk about it all the time in the locker room and oh, everything. But boy. it is funny. But but it is interesting, Maxie. I think there are, you know, it's it's not just um, oftentimes even just the, the surroundings there, but it is the locker room. And it's, it's well, who's yeah. coaching you and, and, and knowing yes. you and, 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 and giving you the best opportunity to be the best you. And I'll give you two examples of people that, I mean, if not for, you know, one decision here, uh, who knows, but Chris Dolman, uh, you know, mm-hmm. was insistent on being an outside linebacker and they, and they had to really work hard uh, to make him a defensive end to get him to buy into it. Yeah. And, and he became a hall of famer, but he didn't mm-hmm. want to put his, uh, his foot, uh, his, his hand down. They said, because he thought, you know, the outside linebacker was more glamorous and athletic, obviously when he did it flourished. And, and, and the other one, you know, Ricky Foggy came in as a defensive back at the mm-hmm. university of Minnesota. Right. And he probably mm-hmm. would have been just fine as a defensive back, but somewhere Lou Holt saw in him, uh, uh, an option quarterback, you know, you, you yeah. know, and, and if not for that one decision, 
you know, he, he might be a, uh, you know, the nickelback, you know, for all we know, yeah. you know, for a few years. <laughs> but, 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 you, you know, those are two situations, Pete, where, I, I mean, it was one, one decision changed their, their lives, really, right? Oh, a hundred percent. And, and especially. And you were the, there for the both case. of them. Yeah, luckily I was there for both of them. So if you start off with the college side of it, yeah, Ricky Foggy came in and we saw the day he walked in the locker room, you just felt something right about this guy has a command of the locker room. He's got a command of the field. Ricky just has that great swagger or whatever you want to call it. You know, he just he had the it factor that that you needed. And I'll tell you, I, I talked to Lou Holtz about this many, many times and you know, not just a conversion to have him be the quarterback, but also to run that kind of an offense. And and I asked him, I said, Coach, what made you decide you wanted to run that style of offense when you came to Minnesota? And he said, Pete, we don't have the same horses that Ohio State and Michigan and, and, and some of the other schools have in the Big Ten, but if they have to prepare for something that they don't see very often or at all other than just us once a year, we have an advantage, and it gives us that bit of an advantage. And that's why – I think that option style was was just so perfectly suited for Ricky Foggy, who just mastered it immediately. You know, we had some good quarterbacks back then. We had Brett Sadick, who was an unbelievable recruit that we were able to land out of Rosemount, who was just, you know, spectacular. He didn't fit into the offense, and he smartly decided, you know, it's great. I love this school, University of Minnesota but I'm going to go down to Iowa state where I can maybe throw the rock, which is what he wanted to do. It was a great decision. And that's the same decision made that changes his life forever. You know, had had it been Mm -hmm. a different coach, a different time, maybe he's the drop back quarterback of the Gophers, you know? Yeah. Yeah. In in, in a lot of the other systems, he absolutely would have, you know, flourished and he would have done great, but we didn't have the horses back then. These days, I think we do get the horses. We've got, we've got recruits and we've gone to that portal and we've done a lot of things at the university of Minnesota that I think I'm, I'm getting more excited as we get closer to that starting as well, Maxie, because I think the Gophers really might have something. They, they lost a lot of linemen. They've replaced a lot of those linemen on offense and defense. And, if those guys can can mature and get there and get to the levels where they potentially, I've been told by the coaches, where they, they think they can be, we won't miss a step, and we, we should be a pretty dominant team. But Chris Dolman was the funny one, though, Maxie, because he had no interest at all. He, he looked at the coaches, and he says, you know what? <laughs> there is no chance I'm putting my hand in the dirt. I'm not a defensive end. He wanted to be Lawrence Taylor. He had all of the attributes, for the most part, of Lawrence Taylor. But you know what? best decision of his life was putting his hand down and coming yeah. off the corner as he did. And he just an absolute freak coming off the corner. He was so big, so fast, so agile that it was the perfect decision. And I think, you know, it took him quite a few years, but he, he finally looked at Floyd Peters and the rest of those coaching staff. And he says, you know what? I, I think you guys did have the right idea. I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Paul it sure Wayne, did work yeah, for him. Yeah. It sure it worked yep. out well. We'll take a break, come yeah. back. Tom Lehman will join us and much more straight ahead on the huddle. 651-461-9226. If you can jump in any time or you have a thought or comment, whether it's uh, what we're talking about uh, specifically or something that you want to talk about, you can share it with us. Stay with us. You're listening to the huddle on News Talk 8. 8- Rio WCCO. Welcome back to the huddle. Joining us in the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, the greatest golfer to ever come out of the state of Minnesota. 
Tom Lehman, I hope that uh, I hope you're feeling well and recovering. I know, I, I know you had a little knee uh, uh, work done, uh, but uh, let's start with that. How, how are you feeling and how are you doing? Well, first of all, it's great to be with you guys. Thank you for inviting me onto the show this morning. Uh, it's a pleasure, and it's good to hear your voice. And uh, I'm doing pretty well. Two weeks uh, out from getting my right knee replaced, full replacement. So it's a tough surgery. I mean, it's uh, not without its um, uh, moments for sure, you know, but hmm. uh, I'm doing well and, and getting the, the mobility back. I'm, I think, ahead of the game that way uh, and hoping to uh, keep progressing and, you know, be able to get back uh, onto the tour to finish the season probably in October. Nice. Pete? Yeah, Tom, it's great to have you on. Really excited about that. Tell us yeah. a little bit about the, the, the 3M Open. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? Yesterday, obviously, it, it was a bit of a washout, but they still got it in. Um, what's it looking like as we get into the finals today? You know, I'll be honest, I, I, I haven't even looked at it. Um, you know, I don't even know who's, uh, what the, who's leading and how, how tight it is. Um, but I do know that the golf course is the kind of course where there's some super long holes. There's a, you know, we renovated it a few years ago. Uh, and there's two or three or four holes that are really challenging. Um, the third hole, actually the second hole, the third hole, um, the ninth hole, uh, the 18th hole is very tricky. Uh, the 11th hole. So there's, you know, five holes, I would say, that really toughened up the golf course. And if you can play those holes well, uh, the rest of the golf course, I think, is is one of the kind of courses that you can really attack and score on. Uh, so it's probably going to be a brief day. You know, the the weather changed. The northwest wind is blowing. Uh, I would guess that uh, the wind will be a little bit stronger uh, today than uh, than normal. And uh, I would I wouldn't really expect anything to you know, so any super super low scores. But um, these guys are sure are good. The young guys, many of whom you've never heard of before, can really play the game. And, and you know, nothing that they do surprises me. Huh. Tom, do you, do you see, I mean, they talk about the live tour. Uh, how do you feel about that? And, and are there enough good golfers that the PGA sustains it? Or uh, how do you feel about what's happened there? Well, I'm not, I'm not a fan. Um, I don't support that at all. Um, you know, me, it's just, uh, you've turned a sport that is all about tradition and, and uh, integrity and, and um, uh, the legacy of the greats before you and, and, you know, having built a brand you know, that is uh, known worldwide and created stars who are known worldwide and, and uh, exchange that for something that's simply about money. Um, and, of course, I don't begrudge players for looking into it. I mean, it's, um, there's, you know, I, I really don't. Uh, but, I, I, but I do have a real problem with it, and I, I don't support it whatsoever. I, I tend to find myself on your side of that, Tom. And, and by the way, Maxie, Tom's the nicest guy in the world. He, he won't remember this, but I was in Hawaii, and I'm going back maybe 24 years ago, 25 years ago with my daughter, and we're standing there in, in Diamond Head, and, we're, we're at a, a, and he's playing in a tournament. And, and I looked over, and, and I said hello to him, and he, he spent a little time with us talking. And, boy, Tom, I'll tell you what, it, it made my mom and dad and everybody who was there, they looked over, and they go, that Tom Lehman's sure a heck of a nice guy. <laughs> I said, well, he sure is. Well, <laughs> raised you, you right out of austin people, minnesota <laughs> yeah well you can, you can fool people but you know hey you're a former gopher you know you're like me you know you have reality to stick together yep there is that bond when you're just when yep. you're designing courses tom uh how does that how does that come together a matter of fact i i know that you you've been in the process of doing one or or did one up in in northern minnesota now as well and i, I hear i hear the ads for that but i've had a chance to play a couple of the, the edina and north oaks and that and 
What what goes into that? That's got to be just an absolutely unbelievable undertaking. Well, it, it's a really fun experience. I mean, to me, the whole process of, of golf course design is, is, I think, invigorating and energizing. Um, you know, it's one of those things that you do it, it doesn't drain you. It's it just the opposite. It, you get more excited. And uh, it's a real positive experience, typically. Uh, you know, and there's, you know, really two different kinds of, you know, things you're renovating or you're, you're, or you're building something new. And they both, they both are fun. They both have their own challenges. Like Edina, you mentioned that in North Oaks uh, courses that we just did renovations on. And, you know, those are, you know, different. You kind of look for, you know, what is the course lacking? What is the course, what are the strengths of the course? What, what does it have that people love? What's going out there that people don't like, you know, what is it missing? Um, you know, what can you not touch? You don't want to take something really good and ruin it, you know, and see, there's a lot of evaluation that goes on with uh, how to make a course that's already existing better. Um, on the other hand, a brand new course, uh, uh, all of the all of the success of a brand new course happens in the the planning stages, uh, finding the routing by finding the topography that works best for golf, more natural for golf, easiest to build greens, the easiest for draining water, you know, all the different factors that go in. And so, all of the success of the golf course happens in that stage where you're routing the golf course and if you do it right you're going to have a good golf course no matter what you know you, you almost can't ruin it uh but you can ruin it early on by by routing it improperly and then you're just fighting everything for forever and causing you know the, the superintendent you know headaches you know forever and you know those are all all upfront things that um, if you pay attention to you, you end up having a successful project well, Tom, with that in mind, do you look at the piece of land that you've been given, or do you look at based on the demographics of player people that are going to play it? We're going to grade it to you know to fit what would be you know uh, comfortable for their game. Yeah, well, a little bit of both. People, you know, there's different different motivations for for wanting to do work on a golf course or build a new one. You know, and so we'll take Craigans as an example up in Brainerd. Which is uh, even this is the second summer we've been working up there, and you know their, their demographic is the white tee golfer, you know, you know the guy who plays in the middle tees. You know they're not championship golfers, they're not beginners, they're, they're people who know how to play the game, who like to play the game. They may not be very good, but they they do play and they go up there to have fun. And so, yeah, so the very much the first and foremost goal up there is is fun. How, how do we make this experience really fun? even more fun for the players. And, you know, one thing that is no fun is, is looking for golf balls. People hate looking for golf balls, you know, mm-hmm. you know, too much, too much scrub along the edge where you can't find your ball or hazards that are too close to being in play where, you know, you, you can't keep it out of the water. So, you know, so you, you can do to kind of create a situation where there's more room. Uh, and then from there, you know, the, the beauty of it, the debunkering, the new greens, you know, try to, make it a strategic golf course where people have to use their head while they play, you know, but, but the idea though for them is the white tee golfers, they need to walk away going. That was so much fun. And, uh, you know, and again, part of fun is condition. Is it in good condition or not? Are the bunkers to play from or not? Is, uh, can I find my ball? You know, is it, is there room off the tee? Is there a place to miss it around the green where I can get it up and down? And all those things lead to, you know, I think playability and which leads to fun and, uh, balanced by the fact that people just don't want a open slate where you hit it anywhere and just, you know, get away with it either. So there's an element of the competitive side and all of us who, who do want to have something that challenges us. So, you know, that, that's to me, the beauty is, is, is trying to, to weigh the mentality of the person, you know, and so like at Craig and so we did up there is we, the white tee golfer was the, he was the person we're shooting at, but yet knowing they want to be able to host, 
you know, big time junior golf tournaments or amateur tournaments or college tournaments, or there is a Canadian tour event there too. So, you know, where can we add a, you know, like a championship tee back there somewhere, which will create, you know, uh, the length needed for those guys. And then how can we design the greens so that there's some really interesting pins that even though there's a little more room, it's going to challenge those, challenge those guys as well. So that, that's kind of the real uh, difficulty with design is trying to make it playable enough, fun enough for the average player, yet challenge the better player. And, and so to me, the two things about angles uh, where the back tees are, and how interesting the greens can be is that that's what really makes it happen. And, and uh, you know, greens that you can hit, give a lot of easy pins, but there's like four or five really difficult ones that will challenge the best. On a different note, retraction of golf is not what you want to be into. And Hiawatha Golf Course is going through some things where they're talking about eliminating uh, nine of the holes. And that is such a, you know, we, we think about uh, 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 courses steeped in tradition and all those things. Hiawatha has its own tradition. And I know you're familiar with this topic, uh, uh, Tom. Mm-hmm. And, and now they're talking about uh, changing that and, and reducing some holes. And I, I just think <laughs> in this day and age, I, 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 I don't see that as being... Um, uh, the greatest alternative, I guess. Well, there's so much about that that's wrong, uh, in my opinion. Um, you know, the, you, you can't you can't ignore history. I mean, history is is something that it is. You know, as much as you want to maybe spin it, um, the fact of the matter is, is you know, a long time ago there was Native Americans on that land, and and now there's not. You know, and, and then going forward. Uh, you know, in the 1800s, early 1900s, mid 1900s, you know, the migration of uh, African American, you know, families north, you know, and, and being basically sequestered into the little area of South Minneapolis. You know, we used to call it Bronze, I think it was Bronze Town or Bronzeville. I don't forget the name exactly, but it was a little area, almost redlined, where, where uh, African Americans, you know, had to live. And uh, I don't forget the name exactly, but it was a little area, almost redlined. Where, where uh, African Americans, you know, had to live, and Hiawatha uh, was that course that was right in that area where they could play. Um, so the history of Hiawatha, you know, is 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 undeniably linked to uh, the African American experience in in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Um, no if ands or buts, no way around it. So and so to try to do something that's going to eliminate that kind of an experience and that kind of a home away from home. For that community is just repeating an offense that all of us would agree was, uh, you know, very sad. So, you know, I, I mean, that's that's my own take on it. Uh, I feel like it's going to be unfair, um, lacking in any kind of real judgment on the part of the park board. Um, but I do know that there are park board members. And they will say this, that uh, as much as they are in favor of envir- environmental um, uh you know, it's a care, you know, making sure our environment is healthy and everything, and which is great. That's super. They do have a real concern for the historical side of the, of the, of the golf course as well. And, and therefore, the golf course has not been voted on yet to be eliminated because you have a, a number of people who, who can't really get by the fact that the African-American community is going to be uh, significantly disadvantaged by taking it away. And we made that made the argument, you know, that um, it's always been a championship golf course because it has, you know, it's hosted so many golf tournaments and it's always mm-hmm. been seen as a place for, for golfers to compete, you know, and golfers to play and learn, but it's a championship golf course. And, and, and by taking away nine holes and making a nine hole executive course, basically is it, you're basically destroying the golf course. It, the golf course is different. It's going to change. And those who love to play there and have grown up there and who still play there will go somewhere else. Pete, you're familiar with that course. 
Oh, I am. As a matter of fact, yeah, Central High School, not too far, terribly far away, Maxie, and, and that was essentially what the, I guess our home golf course for the golf team as well. But uh, I have some good friends that are going to be playing in that bronze tournament coming up, as a matter of fact. T.C. Roller, the old football player, uh, you, you might remember that name, Maxie. Great guy mm-hmm. from Central High. We went to the University of Minnesota together, and he's he's got a group, big group of guys that are coming over there to have a couple of uh, a couple of different spots in that tournament. It should be great. But um, I, I'll tell you, yeah. Tom, it's I, I fully agree with you on that, and it, it it makes so much sense when you just step back and you look at. I looked at the walls in there, Maxie, and I'll tell you, yeah, the 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 historic things that have happened there at Hiawatha just absolutely. Um, amazing and impressive and 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 what the the tournaments that have been there it's just uh it's something special there's no doubt about it hey tom i i know we're going to be bumped against it but you're i bumped into your brother speaking of that at at tpc sawgrass that was great do you ever and i was thinking about this do you ever take ideas away from other golf courses like a tpc sawgrass where you've got you know the island hole or whatever it might be do you kind of put that into your mind sometimes when you're designing some of these courses Absolutely, uh, you know, pay I pay a great deal of attention to, uh, you know, what the old, you know, whoever designed it, whether you know Pete Hyatt Sawgrass or whoever the the, the architect is, especially the older ones, Mackenzie and uh, Tillinghast and Ross and Rainer, all those, you know, what what are they asking a player to do, and you know, why are the greens shaped like this, and you know, why is the, you know, and, and so you take away the things that you really like, and you understand, you know, what they're asking you to do, and. and uh, you know, so I love sawgrass because it really asks you to, um, to to kind of challenge off the tee the hazards in order to get like the best line to the pin. And the greens are difficult, so if you get too wide away from, if you play away from the hazard, the angles to the hole become really difficult. You know, so the closer you can drive it to the hazards, the, the, the second shot becomes way easier. You know, so those are the kind of things that I look at and, and uh, pay attention to, and and then just you know. In addition, you know, the uh, the greens have some real slope to them, so there's some really hard pin areas which are really tucked near the water and near the near trouble. It's very difficult to aim straight at the pin, but they have slopes that if you kind of catch a slope, you can kind of let it feed down the slope towards the hole. So you can play a little bit uh, more conservatively, and if you hit the right shape shot like a draw or a cut, you can, you can you know, maybe spin that ball off a slope down near the cup, in which I like that because you, you, can, you can take a little less risk off the second shot, but yet still possibly get it closer to hit a good shot. So I, there's a lot of things I take away from all those great courses and, hmm. and, and, and try to, and, you know, not just, I don't want to copy them, but I, but I understand sure. the philosophy and try to use that philosophy. I, I think it's awesome that you got, you know, you got so many <laughs> in your, in your life, you got so many things to keep you going and to look forward to yeah. and playing golf and uh, getting that knee healthy. But I mean, to, to, to have uh, such a career that, that, that keeps you so motivated and energized, Tom, thank you so much for giving us some time this morning. Fascinating interview. And we appreciate it very much. Thanks, Tom. Well, I, I appreciate that. Thank you guys. And I would say if, if anybody ever wants to speak up on behalf of a course like Hiawatha, um, you know, the whole thing about the PGA tour, allowing African-American golfers to be a part of the tour. That all started with players who, who played at Hiawatha. So the, there would be no Tiger Woods playing on the PGA Tour if it weren't for what the things that happened back in the 40s and 50s. So that kind of history deserves to be sustained. And, and uh, so those who are there should speak up. For sure. And we'll keep looking into it because yeah. they had a couple of tournaments out there this week that we'll be out at. So, Tom, thank you so much. We'll be in touch on that and more. All right. Thanks, guys. You guys, God bless you. You too. Tom Lehman, nice enough to join us on News Talk 830 WCCO The Huddle.
Welcome back to the huddle on News Talk 830 WCCL. Pete DeGerian and Mike Max. Jim Cott, Tony Oliva going into the Hall of Fame. We'll check in, get a report from Cooperstown in the 11 o'clock hour. Then it's the Twins and Detroit Tigers. Twins were impressive last night in a win. Uh, and here we go. The uh, uh, Vikings kick off training camp on Tuesday. The uh, Gophers have their Big Ten Media Day coming up on uh, Tuesday as well in, in Indianapolis, and, and, and they're not far away uh, from starting. This is going to be an interesting Big Ten season, um, Pete, because there's going to be so much talk about USC, USC and UCLA during the year, uh, mm-hmm. plus th- with the, the transfer portal and everything else and Ohio State oh, and the NIL money. Um, <laughs> you can like it or not like it, but this is one of the mo- craziest uh, Big Ten seasons, I think, that we've engaged in in some time. Oh, absolutely, Maxie. There's no doubt about it. Uh, it. It's it's crazy. And you mentioned USC, UCLA, and there'll probably be more. But uh, I just read the other day, Maxie, and I think this was correct. But the USC not only did uh, obviously a new coach comes from Oklahoma, Lincoln Riley. He's out there and he's excited people. They've got lots of money there. Uh, they don't have to worry much about NIL at USC. Yep. I can tell you that Maxie yep. they're in that same category as the Alabamas and Texas A&Ms. I mean, they've got some, some big money behind them, but it is, uh, it's going to be interesting. They opened up into the, in that transfer portal. And if this article I read was correct, they might've picked up, I think close to 30 players in the transfer yep. portal, which is just yeah, you got a couple from Pitt right numbers. off the top, right? A couple of good players. Oh yeah. Well, the, the, the wide receiver, the, you know, the, yep. the best wide receiver in college football last year, at least that yep. was the, the award that he won at least. And, and he probably was, although you, you could argue those kids at Ohio state are pretty good too, but, yeah. but he, he had an amazing season and now he's at USC. They got the quarterback that, that, that was at Oklahoma. He's at USC. And then they open up that big portal and, it's just amazing, Maxie, what we're seeing happen. And uh, it's going to be colorful. Uh, we still got a little bit of time, but I think that the, the media day type stuff that we're going to have down there in Indianapolis, that's, that's going to be fun because I think that the Golden Gophers really did a lot themselves in the portal and did a good job of, of replacements of, of the four linemen that we lost on offense and some of the defensive linemen that we lost on the defensive side of the ball. I think that they did a really good job of going out and finding people that might you know, we won't know till they put the helmets on, but they look like they, they and they feel good about the fact that these guys really fit the program well. For sure. And, um, you know, that's what you need is somebody that can slide in and, 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 slide in. and, and the Gophers, I think, have hit mm-hmm. about 70 to 30 on their, on their transfer portals in terms of ones yeah. that have, you know, ones that have filled the bill and ones that have just been kind of, uh, non-factors, but uh, we'll mm-hmm. find out more. Plus, we got training camp not far away. We'll talk about that Oof. in the 11 o'clock hour as well. Uh, are the Vikings ready with this new staff? What will that mean? How will it look differently uh, as they prepare with just three preseason games? All that and much more straight ahead, plus uh, a live report from Cooperstown. Hall of Fame Sunday with a couple of twins, actually three going in. Uh, should be kind of fun speeches today. So we'll get you up to speed and take you up to Twins Baseball right here on WCCO. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 